Hey, this is Dr. Evans Kariuki. Welcome to Firebrand Nation. Your life will never be the same as you go through these teachings. These are teachings for soul winners. Here at Firebrand Nation, we believe that we are called to reach one soul every second. This podcast is designed for soul winners who hunger and thirst to see the lost come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. You're developing a full dependence on God. Let's go back to faith. Faith. When you begin to develop a full dependency on God, God sees your dependency on him and it impresses him because you have faith in him. When God tells you, trust me, and you trust him, it impresses God and it pleases him. It makes him happy. It makes him happy. It is like a father when he tells his child what to do. A father tells the child, I want you to go here, here and do this and that. And that impresses the father when the child obeys. When you act in faith because God said so, not because you have all the facts and all the logic, when you act in faith, then God says he is now impressed. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when God asks you to do something, if you're looking for all the connections and everything to be good, everything to make sense, God says, don't you believe me because I'm God? Why, why do you have to have all the connections? Don't you believe me because I'm God? Does that mean that we should not have a, a, an understanding of what we are supposed to do? No, I'm not talking about silly, blind, unguided faith. I'm talking about God has given you a direction. He says, I want you to do this, this thing. And you believe him because he's God. That pleases God. Also, faith to believe God is believing in the omnipotence of God. When you walk in faith, you believe in God's omnipotence. You believe in his omnipotence. What does that mean? In God's superiority in power. You believe that God has all great power. In other words, for you to do great things on this earth, you must believe that there are places you're going to get to where you're going to walk by faith and say, if something goes wrong, I believe God can get me out because he is omnipotent. He's a God who's omnipotent. I want someone to type that word so you understand what I'm saying. Omnipotence is O-M-N-I-P-O-T-E-N-C-E. And if that's not how you spell it, please 
I'm not an English teacher. I'm a preacher. I can spell a word for you five different ways and they'll all be right to me. It is well. Omnipotence is God's power, like quality of having unlimited power. In other words, church, hear me. Hear me and let me save you from sin guilt. If you make a wrong decision, is God able to save you if your heart is right? Is God, I want, I want to ask you this question. If you make a wrong decision, is God able to save you? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. The way I look at it is this. I understand it this way. If I fall while doing everything I can to obey God, God is able to save me. As long as I was doing, as long as I was not being like Jonah, running from my calling, I was doing everything I can. And secondly, and very important, if I have a man of God who I can go to for guidance, if I am in the wrong, my pastor can tell me, hey, you might want to look at this differently. And that will inform my faith. There are people who've gone before me and they can inform my decision. It's called biblical counseling. When you have, when you have um, a council of multitudes, people you can go to and ask. I'm not talking about like therapy. I'm saying uh, people you can go to and say this is the direction, a pastor, that you can say this is what I want to do. They inform your faith. But at the end of the day, faith is a journey that we take in ourselves, by ourselves. We are the ones who have to have faith. Amen? We are the ones who have to have faith. I'll give you an example. Um, Dr. Bruce, one day I went and said, I have this vision of Zadok starting a piano, uh, a music group. We shared the scriptures and I said, he can do it. That was the extent of what I could do. He has to decide to take the step to do it. Are you understand? And of course, every most of you on this line, we have a story like that, where this is what we want to do, and I believe you can do it. Now, my faith energizes your faith. My faith energizes your faith. But you're the one who has to walk out the walk of faith. Amen? <clears throat> faith will tap into God's presence, his omnipotence. Faith, faith in God. Pastor, I want to start a great business. Pastor, I want to be a good wife. Pastor, I want to be a good husband. Pastor, I want to go to school and do this and that. Faith becomes the currency, currency by which you engage God. Faith becomes the currency. We don't impress God with our big offerings. God is impressed when you obey him in offering. You don't impress God with big offerings. 
Because sometimes we think we have given a big offering while God asks you for everything. Oh, God asks you for everything and you say, you know what, I've never given God $500. And God says, no, I did not ask you for 500. I asked you to empty your, your account. And you say, I'm going to give 500, the biggest offering I've ever given because I've never given it. You're not impressing God. God is impressed when we are dependent on him. Then the same way money is used to get something on earth. If today, uh, today we have, we have turkeys. I think we have turkeys. We have a meal at the men's house, at the transformation house. And we're going to, to enjoy Thanksgiving with them, with our brothers there. If, if they went to Kroger's or wherever, or Target or Publix and said, I want a turkey, the, the person on the register will ask them for money. Give me money to get your turkey. With God, faith is the currency that gets you what you want in him. So literally, what am I saying? When you go to God, you must go to him and say, Lord, I believe that you are, and that you are a rewarder to those that diligently seek you. I come to your presence with faith in my heart. I can't believe it, that you're the only one who can change this situation. You don't go ask God, or take me to someone who can change this situation. No. Is this helping somebody? You go to God and tell him, I believe it's only you who can change this situation. I come to you by faith. Church, hear your pastor today, and I want you to get this in your spirit. You go to God and you tell God, Lord, if you don't get me out of this situation, no one can. God, if it's not by your hand, I don't want to do it. God, if not with your presence, I don't want to go. Lord, if you cannot do it, I don't want to do it. If you cannot give it to me, I don't want it. If you cannot lead me and go with me, I don't want to go. Absolute dependency. Church, when you're praying currency prayers, these are currency prayers, faith currency prayers. You don't go to God with your plan. You don't go to God and say, oh, Lord, I just wish my wife would behave better. Why, why is my wife like this? Why is my wife like this? No, no, no. You go to God and say, search me, O Lord, if there be any wickedness in me, is there something I'm missing in this relationship? Is there something I need to do better? You are going to exchange your faith for what God has. Currency. Faith becomes currency. Faith becomes currency. It becomes your place of dependency. And the first place, oh, oh, the first place 
that lack of faith will be manifested. The first place the lack of faith will be manifested is in your prayer life. The words that you pray begin to change. You begin to ask God to bless what you have already done as opposed to asking him what you should do. Faith-filled prayers are, Lord, what should I do? Prayers that are without currency, without exchange, are, Lord, bless whatever I've already done. How does this work? When you release faith, you have deposited, it's like depositing cash into your heavenly bank. The Bible says that Abraham was the father of faith. Why? Because he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. How did Abraham believe God? When God said to Abraham, it's time for you to move, he moved. When God said to Abraham, it's time for you to do this, he did this. When God said to Abraham, it's time for you to obey, he obeyed. Then faith becomes your currency and your exchange. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Total and absolute dependency looks, as God, looks at God as their only source. God is my only source. He's a source for my answers. He's a source for my provision. He's a source for my life. Psalms 34, verse 8 to 10, we're not going to read, write it down. The Bible says, those who trust God will never lack anything. Psalms 34, 8 to 10. Psalms 84, 11 to 12. God shields and protects those that trust him. Those that trust him. Next point, under trusting God in absolute dependency. When you trust God, you have a respectful fear of God. People who trust God and have faith, you hear them say things like, I can't do that because God is watching or God, because I fear God. And they talk about things like, oh, when I stand before God, I just want, I want him to say, well done. Like they have a fear to please God. Does that make sense? And they, they make decisions in their life based on that fear to please God. They have no fear to please man. They want to please God. Everything I do, I just want to please him. That is faith. That, that feeling, like I want to please God. That is faith. That is faith. When you say, I have a fear to please God, like I want everything I do to please him. When you fear God, oh, church, get this, get this connection. Get this connection. Let us say somebody wants to, to start a business and they go to God and say, Lord, tell me what direction I should go. And God says, I want you to start a business because I want you to fund the kingdom. 
and you go ahead and start a business or start a marriage or, or start serving God at your local church, whatever, whatever your point of faith is, you receive direction from God. God says, do this, do that. Then after that, in your heart, you want to make sure that you do it how God said. Are you understanding? Not only did I receive instruction, but I want to do it how God said it. Are we together? Not only are you obeying God in hearing what he said, but you heard how you should do it. Now, here is the thing. People do not have a problem in hearing God. I believe many people know what they should do. The problem becomes in obeying and how. And I'll tell you why that's a problem. The reason why that's a problem is because the, the mind, the mind has to be involved in the what and the how. Sorry, the mind has to be involved in the how, the heart is involved in the what. Let me repeat that one more time. The heart is involved in what you do. The mind is involved in how you do it. Your mind tells you, your mind tells you that, okay, God has told us to take this step of faith. God has told us to do this thing. The, your heart believes, your heart, the Bible says, with the heart, man believes, not the mind, the heart. So in your heart, you believe God, but then your mind begins to tell you all the things that could go wrong. <laughs> Isn't it funny how the mind works? It starts telling you all the things that could go wrong. So the battle of faith begins to happen in the mind. Your past, your history. Don't forget your mind contains three dimensional, actually four dimensions. It contains your past. It contains your emotions connected to your past, the traumas, as people call them, whether good, bad emotions that connect to your past. It contains your dreams of your future, your dreams of your future. And it also contains other voices of what people have said, what God has said, Anyone who's ever spoken into you, it con it's contained in your mind. Three, four dimensions of your mental reasoning. So when faith is deposited, when an instruction is given, the filter becomes what's your past. Oh, am I educated enough for this thing? Am I big enough? Am I strong enough? 
then you begin to think, oh, what did I try in my past and it failed? How did it feel when I failed? What was my last mistake? What was my last this? And then you begin to think, oh, how does this thing God has asked me to do affect my future, my plans, my dreams, my future? How does it affect? And all these things are happening and God has given an instruction and is looking at you and saying, Jonah, when are you going to go to Nineveh? Stop thinking about this thing. Why are you still? Then God is saying, don't you believe my instruction above all your thinking? And then the next one comes, which is all the other voices. All the other voices in your head. That is why we say, when the instruction of God is given, reason is not required. Faith and faith alone must answer that call. When God gives you an instruction, don't try to reason it out. The best way to overcome negative thinking, church, hear me, hear your pastor, the best way to overcome those four dimensions is by the fear of the Lord. I fear God. Therefore, regardless of what these four things are saying, I must obey him. I must obey him because I fear him. That's it. That's it. Oh, not because it makes sense. Not because I feel goosebumps. Not because I won't bump my head because I fear him. I fear him. Is this making sense to somebody? You know, I, I prepare this teaching knowing how life-changing it is, but I don't know if it's getting in your spirit. Is this helping someone see how to fully obey God? Now, I, I, need, I need to finish this point. When you fear God and you say what, you know what, Lord? I am, I am, hey, You've asked me to marry this girl, you've asked me to marry this guy, or you've asked me to go apologize to my wife, apologize to my husband, or you've asked me to take this job, you've asked me to do write this book, you've asked me to join this department, you've asked me to, to pastor this group, you've asked me to start a small group, whatever your, your level of faith is, whatever you need faith for. When you respond, Lord, I don't feel qualified, but I fear you and I will do what you've asked me to do. I have this new venture. I'm not qualified, but I fear you and I will believe you. I want to obey you. Guess what happens? Guess what happens? The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when you tell God, I fear him, he says, oh, son, you're still going to obey me when you don't have all the answers. Receive wisdom, receive wisdom. He begins to deposit wisdom. 
he begins to deposit knowledge. He begins to deposit an understanding into your life on how you should do that. God says, I know my servant is afraid. I know my servant is now afraid. They, 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 but they have chosen to trust me. They've chosen to believe me. They've chosen to have faith in me. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Oh, we began with saying we have an absolute dependency on God. God gives you an instruction. You say, Lord, I depend on you, and it's you that I trust. When you move out in faith with nothing, God gives you more instruction. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We spoke about that yesterday. You hear and you get a word. Then once you've gotten the word, now it may, it may, you may feel like you're afraid. You haven't lost faith. You haven't lost faith when you're asking questions. What you're doing is your mind is playing games with you. Then when your mind plays games with you, you choose, I will fear God. I will do what God says. What happens next? Wisdom comes. Wisdom is deposited. Can we take 10 seconds and pray for wisdom? Any area where your mind is confused about obeying the voice of God, any area, lift up your voice and ask God for wisdom. Father, we stand on Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. We want to obey you. We want to do what you've told us to do. We want to do the right thing. So we ask you for wisdom. We ask you for wisdom. We ask you for wisdom. Lord, give us wisdom beyond our age. Give us wisdom beyond our experience. Give us wisdom because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Lord, we step in to wisdom. We receive your wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Then you receive wisdom. So you tell the Lord, Lord, I receive wisdom for this thing. I receive wisdom for what I'm doing. I receive wisdom for the direction you've given me in Jesus' name. Can we bless the Lord for that? Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. Glory be to God. Next, next law. The next law. So that was in obedience to God, the total dependency on God. Next the next law is the law of divine commandment. Divine commandment. What does that mean? There are certain commandments of God that will always be regardless of how we feel or regardless of the situations. Genesis chapter 7 verse 9. The Bible says, as God commanded Noah, Genesis 7, 9, as God commanded Noah, there are certain things, church, that are commands 
they are not negotiable. They are not up for debate. God said it, we must do it. The commandment of love. You cannot do anything great in God if you don't have God's love. You cannot. You cannot. That is a commandment. You're not going to, you're not going to go to God and tell him, Lord, can I just hate this person just a little bit? Just this one time. Let me just hate them, please. Please. And God says, you know what? I saw what they did to you the other day. You know, when I said love is the greatest commandment, let me, let me go back and, and pause that for a minute for you. You're so special. Let me pause this. No, it doesn't work that way. Tell your neighbor it doesn't work that way. Tell it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Love is a command. I have commanded you to love one another. It's a commandment. It's whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're what, love one another. You cannot break absolute commandments. They are not up for debate. They are not issues of debate. They are not issues of how you see them. They are absolute, absolute commandments. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 7 and 10. Ezekiel 37, 7 and 10. Prophet Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was commanded. As I was commanded. Everything you do needs to be guided. Think about commandments like the guardrails the guardrails of God's direction. Everything you do needs to be guided by divine commandments. If, and, and I want to also say this so you get it. All things work together. All things work together. All things. One does not cancel the other. One does not counsel the other. If God has gifted you to be a prophet or to see into the spiritual realm, that does not mean you become mean and begin destroying other people. You understand? The, the commandment of love still stands. You cannot be so wrapped up in obeying God that you disobey the other commandments. Divine commandments. Because Saul, King Saul, King Saul thought he was doing the right thing by saving the Amalekites and saving the sheep. He was saving them for a sacrifice. But God says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Church, don't break one law trying to fulfill the other. That's my point. Don't break one law trying to fulfill the other. Everything you do for God, you need to do it in love. Everything you need to do for God, you need to do it in line with what God said. 
Next law, the law of divine order, divine order. God is a God of order. What is the law of divine order? Oh, let me, let me see how to explain this without getting too drawn. The commandments of God are, are drawn into different dimensions, right? Different levels. The laws, a law of divine order is a group of laws. For example, children, honor your father and mother in the Lord is a law of divine order. Your parents are, on, are in authority over you, so you need to honor them. Are you understanding? Because there is a hierarchy, it's an order, okay? Demonic powers, principalities, rulers of darkness have an order, a structure. So in spiritual warfare, you battle with that strategy and that structure. In the church, there is an order and it's God's covering over us. At your job, you have a boss. So you cannot go to your job and say, I am obeying God by reading my Bible all day. You have broken the divine order. <clears throat> or come to the church and say, you're going to do things Yes, I will obey God, but I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing, yes, good, obey God, obey him. But don't, don't spoil while you're building. Are you understanding? Don't spoil while you're building. Don't break down while you're building. Do you understand? The law of order. I told you the story of how God matches people up. I thought I did. If not, I don't, I don't know what I was preaching to when I told them this. God will put a husband and a wife. One is a builder. One is, is the one that re reorganizes. Let me explain. The wife keeps the house very neat. The husband likes to come behind her and make it a mess. And God tells them, that's how you love each other. That's how you connect. That's how you connect. One messes the house up, the other one cleans it and love each other that way. If you don't come up with a structure, a stru you cannot break one law doing another. So don't ever get caught up in a place where you say, I am obeying God and you're destroying another area. Are you understanding? Is this helping somebody? Divine laws. <clears throat> what does this mean? When the Lord gives you direction, when the Lord tells you what to do, you need to ask, what are the commandments that go with what I'm doing? What governs what I'm doing? Lord, you've told me to do this. What are the commandments that govern? Joshua chapter four, verse 10. As the Lord commanded. As the Lord commanded. Joshua eleven fifteen, 15. Exodus 12, 8. 28, sorry. Exodus 12, 
28, Exodus 12, 50, Exodus 16, 34, as the Lord commanded. You do it as the Lord, as he commanded, the way he commanded. Let me talk to the husbands on the line. You know me, I love husbands and wives because those relationships are the fulcrum of a church, good marriages. The Bible says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. So if you love your wife how you think she should be loved, are you obeying God? Nope. You're not. If you love her as Christ loved the church, then you are obeying because you're now operating under divine commandment. Are we together? Admin. Under divine commandment as Christ loved the church. So when you're obeying God, when you're obeying God, you need to look for divine commandment. Lord, how, what, how should I do this? I, so that you can say, I did it as God commanded, as he commanded. John chapter eight, verse 28, Jesus said, I do it as my father has taught me. As my father, Jesus did things how he was shown how to do them. You don't go and do things your way, saying you're obeying God. You do them how? As my father commanded, as God commanded. John chapter 9, verse 4. I must work the works of him that sent me. You're not doing your own works. You're doing his works. John 12, 49 to 50. I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. I see so many people breaking this law because they hear God and then foolishness kicks in. They start doing things how they want to do them. And it is, oh my gosh. It is so painful to watch someone who thinks they're obeying God and they are missing it. They are missing it on the law of divine commandment. Yes, God told you to do that thing, but how did God tell you to do that thing? How? How did God tell you to move? How did God tell you to do that? The law of divine commandment. Do things God's way. Follow through with how God has told us to do things. If God has not guided, if God, here is where people end up moving without the presence of God. You began, the Bible says, you begin well, you begin in the spirit, but end up in the flesh. Because somewhere, you missed divine commandment. I declare unto you in the name of Jesus Christ, you're not going to miss the divine commandments of God 
we're going to do things God's way. We're going to do things in God's timing. We're going to do things in God's order. And God will direct and guide your paths. I declare greatness on the inside of you. Grand, 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 grand. Generations will speak about what you do. Generations will declare everything that you do. Generations will cause you to step into greatness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I declare your anointing will never run dry. I declare your oil will always be fresh in the mighty name of Jesus. And the spirit of God will always be clear in your hearing, clear in your seeing, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, to the glory and to the honor of the almighty God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. We love you all. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much for joining us. I truly believe you have been blessed. If you have enjoyed this episode and would like to join Firebrand Nation, the movement, connect with us on social media at Firebrand Nation. Go to our website at www.firebrandnation.com. Remember, alone I'm a flame. Together we are a fire. Like, share, and distribute this so that others could be blessed. God bless you.